Well, hello. Welcome to Sermon Notes. Uh, This is our weekly podcast where we're just hoping to help you uh, make better sense of the passage that we're both studying here at Fellowship, but also studying in our small groups. Uh, I'm Garland. I'm Michael. And uh, we're, we're going to try this thing out. So this is a, a weekly podcast designed uh, to do just that. If you, are, uh, if you are going to our church, if you're hearing our sermons, if you are leading small groups or participating in small groups, just want to study your Bible better, uh, then we hope this is a resource uh, for you. Yeah, you know, Garland, one of the things that's difficult when it comes to teaching the Bible is knowing what to leave out. Uh, Usually, I make some notes about what I want to talk about, and then I see how long it takes me to talk about them. And uh, almost inevitably, there's some sections, some things that I have to say, I just don't have time to go into that. And so I'm hoping this podcast will be a place that maybe if people hear the teaching, they've studied their word on their own, um, they'll be able to come here and hear some things maybe that we didn't get into um, on Sunday morning. Yeah, and we'll have, a, we'll have a good chance to do that as we open up this fall semester with uh, the letter. So we call these things normally books of the Bible, but uh, this is actually an ancient letter uh, called First, we call it now First Timothy. Uh, it was a letter written uh, by an early church apostle, most scholars believe, uh, to his friend, to Timothy. And uh, we're titling this sermon notes because it's just that uh, we want to we want to get into uh, some of the things that uh, we're both saying in sermons and some of the things that we didn't have time uh, to say and give you some more background, some more content uh, as we try to study our Bibles together as Jesus followers here at Fellowship. So, uh, in light of that, Michael, give us some of the what's going on, the background of this little five chapters. When you blow by it in your Bible, you have to stop to find it. Uh, What's going on in this letter, or six chapters, what's going on in this letter? Yeah, so it's always a good practice for all of us when we start to study a book of the Bible to ask ourselves, how does this fit into the rest of Scripture? When is this set? Who are the participants? And and in most letters, um, it starts off right off the bat with the person who wrote the letter as well as the recipient. And that's the case in 1 Timothy. The very first word of the whole book is Paul. And I know we probably don't need a full primer on who Paul is, but he's one of the great apostles. He was commissioned by Jesus after Jesus' resurrection to take the good news of the gospel to the Gentiles. And so Paul wrote a large portion of the New Testament. He developed a lot of the theology that we as New Testament churches lean into. And 1 Timothy is a little bit unique because many of his letters, we think about Romans, 1 and 2 Corinthians, Galatians, those were all written to a church or a town. This is written to an individual, to Timothy. And so the next thing we want to ask ourselves is, who's Timothy? And we know a little bit about Timothy. If we look back into the book of Acts, we would see that Timothy was a young man. He lived in a city called Lystra, which was in what's modern day Turkey. And Paul went to Lystra on one of his missionary journeys. And um, most of us think that that was probably when Paul met Timothy. Maybe Timothy was already a believer, or maybe Paul led him to Christ because he says in chapter, in verse two of chapter one of first Timothy, Timothy, my true son in the faith. And so whether or not Paul led Timothy to Christ. He definitely took him under his wing, discipled him. Timothy traveled with Paul and Luke and Silas on the second missionary journey. And by the time we get to this letter, 1 Timothy, Timothy has been appointed by Paul to shepherd, to pastor the churches in the city of Ephesus. He says in the letter, I urge you to stay there in Ephesus. That's in verse three. And so the letter that, like you said, we call 1 Timothy is from the apostle Paul 
to his protege, Timothy, who has a very difficult ministry assignment because he's in the pagan city of Ephesus. Yeah, and if you want, if, if you're hearing this and you just want background on what Michael just said, and I think this is a good exercise for anybody trying to study their Bible, uh, for, for specifically this story with Timothy, start in Acts chapter 16, verse 1. So if you're listening to this, go in your Bible, flip over to Acts 16, verse 1, and then just start reading and start looking for Paul and Timothy and noting uh, where they're at, what their journey's looking like. You may have to flip back to the map section. And what I always try to do, especially when reading you know, a story like the book of Acts, is put myself in their shoes. Like, what would it feel like to have your friend, the guy that led you to Christ, run out of town, uh, being threatened, and now you're being sent back into those cities? I mean, this has got some like grit and toughness, and it's it's a good story. And so as you go read Acts 16 and following, just start noting Timothy and where he shows up. And you bring up Ephesus, this pagan city of Ephesus. If you go to Acts chapter 19, if you're listening to this, uh, go to Acts chapter 19. That's going to give you the story of the entrance of the Jesus movement, this gospel story into the city of Ephesus. And whenever I uh, talk to people about these ancient cities, I try to compare it to modern cities in some, in some way. And Ephesus was, if you think about, you know, modern America, uh, Ephesus would be like the Chicago of the ancient Roman world. It was a major city. It was a big city. Some scholars think it's around 70 or 80,000. Some put it upwards of maybe even 200,000 people. It's an important city. It's a harbor city. It sits, uh, uh, it sits near a port. So lots of travel, lots of trade, lots of different people come from different places with different ways of thinking and living, but it's been unified under the power and the authority and the might of Rome. So Ephesus, by this time, uh, the time the gospel lands there in the mid-50s AD, so 20 years after Jesus' resurrection, Ephesus is a city uh, that is has pledged its allegiance to Rome. Uh, there are temples to the Caesar built all over Ephesus. And what's noteworthy about Ephesus, not only was it this important trade city with lots of people coming in and out, it was the home of the of the fertility goddess, the hunting, the hunting goddess Artemis. And so Artemis, in fact, her temple in the city was at the time of uh, 1 Timothy being written, it was the largest building in the world. It was one of the seven ancient wonders of the world. You could just Google it. Uh, it's an amazing city and it do- or amazing temple, and it dominates the landscape of the city of Ephesus. And when you read the story in Acts 19, you're going to see that not only uh, allegiance to Artemis, but the the economy, and uh, we, we tend today to separate you know, ec- economics and politics and religion as different things. That was not so in the ancient world, and all of these things were intertwined, and we actually see the politics, the religion, and the economics all melt together in this great riot that takes place in Acts 19. Uh, and so Ephesus is a, it's a mega city. It's an important city. It's a leading city of the ancient province of what was then called Asia in modern day Turkey. And it's this place, this city where this Jesus movement shows up and it takes off there amidst that kind of city. And we're going to see facing some really intense persecution. That's the city where we see some amazing developments in the Jesus movement. And that's the city with all that backdrop and all the, and the persecution, the riot, all that craziness. That's the city where Paul says, Hey, Timothy, get back out there. And I want you to go in there. And that church that we started, and it might only be a couple dozen people. Here's how I want you to shepherd that church. So we got to put ourselves like in those shoes because it brings, it makes it so much more real and vivid to me as I think about walking around the streets of that ancient city, trying to be a Jesus follower and lead people there.
Yeah, that's great, Garland. And as I think about that, I also want to remember who Timothy is. So Timothy, Greek father who did not worship the true God. He was an idol worshiper, a Jewish mother, a faithful grandmother. And so Timothy would have been someone who had an experience a lot of us have, which is we don't feel like we fit in. He probably didn't fully fit in with Gentiles um, because of his Jewish heritage, and he didn't fit in with the Jewish people because he had a Greek father. He was not uh, of good health. We know that he had stomach problems. Paul addresses that in his writings. We know that he had a tendency to be timid. And so I think all of us at times feel like I'm ill-equipped. I'm not physically strong enough. I'm not spiritually strong enough. I'm not experienced enough um, to do what the Lord's calling me to do. And here's Timothy, frail, sometimes ill, uh, of mixed race, who's timid, and he's been dropped into this very challenging ministry assignment. And so I think there's a relatability there for all of us with Timothy when we see Paul issuing um, these instructions to him to think, how would I handle this if I were in his situation? And then to translate to that to where we are today, how will I be obedient in what God's calling me to do despite my perceived shortcomings? So walk us through, this is this first one uh, of sermon notes here is more of an overview of the letter that we're about to study. Then we're going to get into individual passages as we teach them uh, here at our church. But uh, what are the things we're looking for as we note this? So whenever I advise people uh, or disciple people that are studying books of the Bible or letters of the Bible, I always tell them, you know, you want to kind of get your key purpose and then key themes. You want to have an outline. What are some of the themes that we're going to look for in the letter to, the, uh, to Timothy? Yeah. So even though, as I mentioned earlier, it's written to an individual I really think Paul meant for it to be read more widely. And part of the reason I think that is because he gives his credentials. He's an apostle sent by Jesus Christ, not by man, but by God. And he says to Timothy, uh, he calls him his true son in the faith. And so I think he knew others would be reading this. And so Paul wants to establish who am I and who is Timothy? And then he's going to go on to give instructions about things that are still important to us as Jesus followers today. He's going to give instructions on doctrine, on orderliness in the church. He's going to talk about how to handle material wealth as believers. Um, He's going to touch on a lot of issues as we read through. And so I think the thing to keep in mind is a lot of these things are timeless principles for the church. And so what was applicable for a group of believers in Ephesus is applicable for believers today in 21st century Western culture. How do we take these principles and apply them? And so I think to look for, as always when we read the Bible, to look for commands, to look for um, instructions, maybe we underline those as we work our way through, make notes of those, and then to ask ourselves, what would it look like to apply this now when it comes to um, how we handle our money or how we we act during worship or who we elect to lead us. Church leadership is a central question um, in the book of First Timothy, and it's one that we take really seriously at our church. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna be studying this letter and just because it, I think this stuff is interesting. Um, we're talking about a letter that was probably written in the 60s AD. So we're talking nearly 2,000 years ago. We're coming up on the 2,000 uh, year anniversary of a lot of the events of the New Testament, which I just find uh, really, really interesting. Um, so this church 
was planted by Paul uh, somewhere in the mid 50s, so probably around 53 to 55 AD. So if you put your your if you spin that backwards, Jesus was likely crucified and resurrected in 33 AD, so we're 20 years after. And this letter, therefore, is written to a church that's about seven years old. Um, and like many kind of young churches, uh, they got they got some issues that uh, Paul's going to address. And so uh, likely this is a small house church or a collection of house churches that Timothy is leading. And we're going to drop ourselves in the middle of that story as we read this letter. Um, Michael, any any just final uh, admonitions or encouragements to our people as we work through this letter as a church? We teach through books of the Bible at our church, letters of the scripture, because we want to be uh, anchored to the scripture. And so as a church, as a people, we want to do that in our own personal lives as well, our own personal devotions. So as we, as we navigate this fall, any last advice? Yeah, my big takeaway would be the three key ingredients. God's word. So the book of First Timothy is a Holy Spirit-inspired letter that is the very words of God. And so our job is to figure out as closely as we can what did Paul, as he was led by the Holy Spirit, mean when he wrote these things. Secondly is God's Spirit. So every time you open your Bible, pray, ask God to reveal himself to you through his word. Ask the Holy Spirit to open it up, to unpack God's word in your mind and in your heart. And third is God's people. And so as important as our daily devotionals and spending time alone with the Lord is, it's equally important that we process it with others, um, with people who are also on a journey of faith alongside us. And so God's word, God's spirit, and God's people, when we combine those three things, that gives God a space to work in our hearts and our minds, and it'll outflow into our lives. And that's where we'll see real life change. If you're listening to this, um, just some resources for you, things that might be helpful in study. If you're going to be leading a, a community group on this or a study or discipleship group, uh, go back and get the, the history, Acts 16 to 19. That's going to give you some backstory. The interesting thing about 1 Timothy is we also have other writings to this city, namely the letter to the Ephesians. So it's just a few pages to your left. It might be helpful to go in and take a peek at the letter to the Ephesians as you work through 1 Timothy. And interestingly enough, we get an assessment of this church in Revelation chapter 2. As uh, most scholars think that uh, John is writing this around the 80s or 90s, so we're 20 years or so, even removed from the letter to 1 Timothy. And you're going to be able to look and see how they do how did Timothy do in his ministry? And what we're going to see is uh, the doctrine part, uh, they seem to be right on. Uh, they seem to they seem to do some of the right things, but there's that, that surprisingly harsh little note that Jesus gives to the church in Ephesus. He says, you've forsaken the love you had at first. Uh, and so we get to see what this church, how this church navigated this, uh, these instructions. So uh, those would be some resources for you as you're teaching this, as you're studying this on your own. And that's what we hope this podcast will be, uh, a chance for uh, those that are studying alongside us in our church just to go a little bit deeper and uh, get a little bit more insight that we may not be able to give in that 30-minute space on a Sunday morning or uh, in our small group. And so with that in mind, we hope this is helpful. Please let us know. Share it if you don't mind uh, with other people here in our church to the extent that it is helpful. Uh, we hope that it will bless you and, ben and benefit you as we all try to follow Jesus together. Thanks for listening.